Um, hi, everybody. Yeah, my name's Olali. I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. And so honored. Thank you, Lucy, for asking me to speak. Um, yeah, it's always a, it's an honor to speak at this meeting. This is where I got sober from using food as a drug to numb myself out, to soothe myself, to deny. This is my first, you know, my first temporary sponsors in this meeting. Um, today, my, um, just so many people who have walked the early steps of the road with me, which was maybe five years ago, something like that, just about. Um, and yeah, it's really humbling to be here and to see how it is one day at a time. And then five years later, here we are still together walking this path five, like one day at a time. And that is, gives me a lot of hope. Um, and disclaimer, it's, as you all know, like my story is just one, one voice and take what you like and leave the rest. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to go through a little bit what it was like, what happened, what it's like now and how step two has really like been a foundation of that. Um, and what brought me into this room was really an insane relationship with food. Um, and I controlled food. I obsessed about my food. I restricted my food. I overate. I um, lied to myself about my food. I lied to other people about what I was eating. Ate food out of the trash. I would eat food in hiding. I would eat until I felt sick and then eat some more. Um, and I felt like my life was just really unmanageable in so many ways. And I felt like I was morally just like, there was just something wrong with me. And if I could just eat the right thing or get my food under control, then I would be okay. And I was never able to get my food under control. I was never able to be okay. Or I could for maybe moments, days, weeks, and then I would, it would inevitably, I couldn't hold that perfectionistic, you know, run. Um, and so then I would start binging, I would start binging, restricting. And it just totally ran my life. Um, and I had heard about, and, and I had heard about this program um, and so I came and I came so that I could just figure out what I needed to eat and what I, what I needed to do. I was really just focused on the food. My whole life was just like focused on the food. And it was like the, what, yeah, what happened is like, I had these really like gentle, firm, kind sponsors and fellows who and the literature 
who helped me see how I just aiming for perfection was part of the disease. And this sort of step two of like came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Like what I wanted from program was like perfection. And then I came to believe and continue to come to believe that like actually I could have sanity around food. That like food could just be like a part of my life rather than like the focus of my life. And that, um, yeah, has been a real shift to be like, oh, wow, like what if I wasn't obsessively, what if the obsession around food was removed? Not like, what if I beat? Like, what if I got, like, what if I won? It's like, what if I just was out of the power struggle that has been defining my life? Um, and so I kept coming back. I kept listening and I went through many ups and downs. I ended up being really restrictive with my food and, um, and then having to sort of loosen that and really like focusing on the spiritual aspect of this program, focusing on the steps. And seeing like a little bit like what's underneath Um, that like food is my first defense and I don't want to feel something. And even now, like if I'm stressed out, it's like I want to eat when I'm not hungry. And that's okay. It's like a totally normal response for for me, for my genetics that has three generations of um, or more of really disordered eating people who have been women who have been in and out of these rooms and um, yeah and just that like this is where I go to and so there's some acceptance of that and then there's also like okay like and what's going on and that has sort of opened up this like I feel like this, like, step one, two, three, they often call them the, like, waltz. Um, But the step two of the, like, okay, maybe it's possible that I don't have to, like, fight to make sure I'm not eating too much. (laughs) And that um, after that, it's like, I have to, like, it's like, wow, that's even possible. And then after that, I'm like, okay, like, I want that. Like, I want that freedom. Like I, I today choose that freedom, which is the step three of the making a decision. Like I get to decide, like I'm stepping out of family dysfunction. Like I'm stepping out of the blue, like the blueprint that I was given to use. And I'm don't, I have no idea what's going to happen if I don't binge or if I don't restrict my food or if I'm like food becomes not a moral issue. And in that space, there's been so much healing and so much ability to um, care for myself, to learn about my needs, (laughs) my desires, my, like, 
wounding as a young child that I'm constantly trying to fix. And I wouldn't be able to do any of that work if I was still using. And it means in no way is my like food like perfect, but I think that that, as you all are sort of hearing, is like kind of what I needed recovery from. And so I, this this program in particular, OA is the foundation of my recovery and I don't work in abstinence-based recovery. I, um, I, I am sober around food and I also don't, um, I don't view food as alcohol and that it's more important to me to be gentle <laughs> um, than it is to be right. And so, and that each person finds their own way of finding sanity in this program. And I've gotten the honor of hearing how so many of you in particular have your own definition of what that sanity looks like. And in some ways it's like I, that sanity, like I couldn't have come up with it. It's like a higher power, like helps me out be like mm, actually like you're doing all the things but like you're insane um and yeah just that like reality check of like oh like what's the point like what are we doing here like what are we doing here like what's the goal because my, my goal in being here is to have freedom so that I can be of service in this lifetime so that I can be present today in what's going on and for the people around me and for myself being one of those people. And so, and more and more, it's awesome. I see my halfway, thank you. And I'll set it for another um, pair. Great, perfect. Um, and more and more, especially in this moment, is seeing how this work can just be layers upon layers of healing, that the steps are this like iterative process of healing, of being able to open of having that strength to be like, whoa, like I'm powerless over that. Oh, I'm powerless over that. I'm powerless after, over this. Like, and then what sanity, like, um, and when I was thinking about this topic, sorry, I'm jumping around. I, step two is really related to the promise of like beyond our wildest dreams because this program has given me a life beyond my wildest dreams, not in like a like Disneyland kind of way, but in like a way that like I literally couldn't like fathom a life where I'm not obsessed or to have awareness and get to choose a different way. Like it literally has been, it, it, and it, it still kind of is like that sort of like, you know, teenage Olali or those sort of like that, kind of like programmed Olali, like it is kind of beyond their wildest dreams that like I can be like, yeah, it's not a big deal whether you eat that or not. No, has no like moral standing on you. Um, and that has allowed this like blossoming of like 
what a life is beyond my wildest dreams. And this thing that like, I actually don't know, like I'm not the one in charge and I get to have dreams. I get to have desires and I get to meet adversity (laughs) and like meet rejection and, um, Yeah, and so with that sort of life beyond my wildest dreams, where I'm at now, what it's like now is I am, I have the like honor and the gift and the privilege of enjoying my life (laughs) and the responsibility. And I, um I have the tools from this program and the strength and the faith and the hope from this program to be able to to look at my childhood trauma, to meet my childhood trauma, which we don't like we don't really talk about head on in this program, but um I wasn't able to look at because I I um I I left. I I couldn't stay present because I would use I would use food or you know use other things. And now I'm able to stay present and feel those feelings and re- remember those memories and I'm able to you know like I'm able to be present for it and notice like oh like wow I'm starting to emotionally eat let me like back off and take a break and care for myself and you know talk to some people ground like that it's not this like binary I feel like now my life around food is like it's not something that's at the top of my mind every day it's just like something that's like foundation and it's something that supports me because it's like, it's like my canary in the mind. Like as I'm diving <laughs> and I'm traveling down and I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to find. And then, you know, food and my relationship food will let me know like, Hey, like, well, like, can we go back up for air for a little bit? And then I can listen to that without being like, why aren't you (laughs) that was like so much of my life was it's like why aren't we (laughs) and then like okay cool like that makes sense (laughs) like for sure we can take a break and like I see you and it is scary and we don't have to eat over it and also like we do need to eat dinner um (laughs) and that sort of like both of those bounds like is really like a a um like a way of living that I I never knew before. That like food actually and that that way of being with the with the sort of my um my relationship to food could actually support me. Um and can let me know when things are too much and can let me know when there's something going on underneath because it it's always going to be that like first. <laughs> thing that I go to um and
and I'm trying to think, I feel like there's some there's one part here that feels like it's bubbling up that I'm missing, which is talking specifically about step two. I feel like I can't talk about step two without necessarily talking about like the bottoming out that happens in step one of like, I just remember sort of like in my first year or two of recovery, it's like I had a really, really strong craving. It was like late at night. It was probably like around this time of the year. And it was like dark, it was like really kind of rainy. And I was just like late at night and I just like wanted to eat. And I was like, okay, but like, if we're not gonna do that, like, what do I do with this insanity? And just having no idea and really feeling by at least just trying to step out of it or trying something new, it's like to feel the magnitude of that compulsion. And there's this like, what, what else if not that? And in that moment, I went, I just was like, I just like walked out my front door in the middle of the night, <laughs> like walked out the door and was just like walking around and found, maybe I've told this story before, I found this book in this little free library and it was called Fun is a Feeling. And the basic premise of this children's book that I found was called Fun is a Feeling um, that can happen as long as we know that like kind of no feeling is wrong. Um, wow. Thank you for the two minutes. And I think that it, it was taking that contrary action of not acting on my compulsion and just like coming to believe and giving the opportunity for a higher power to step in and show me that life could be different, that allowed me to, to decide and that allowed me to, to seek out more ways for a higher power to show up in my life, to continue to show me over and over again, like, hey, you don't have to use to be okay. You don't have to, there's another, there's another option. You have option. You have other people who are walking this path with, with, with you. Like the world can be a magical place if you like tap into it. <laughs> like I don't have to close off and like armor um, to be safe. And that like, and that like I can allow, like it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel, it's okay to eat. It's okay um, to like exist and that, um, I guess that was sort of like those just continuing to take those small increments of like, whoa, I really don't want to be here right now. I like really kind of want to, like I want to in a small way, I want this small death. Like I don't want to be present here. And instead in that moment, saying like, okay, higher power, like, is it possible? Like, and I kind of ask like, is it possible? <laughs> Um, and there's that like could, like, okay, it's possible. 
and seeking that out, which sort of comes just by like throwing up my hands to say like, I can't. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's all that I have to share. I have a couple more seconds, but I'll just wrap up by saying thanks for being here um, day in and day out, weekend and year and moment. Um, I feel really grateful for you all. That's it, thanks.